the Sons of Liberty, is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com, and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the page there. The one on the left side is uh, Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that in the afternoon, you want to catch Bradley, uh, what he had to say there. All you have to do is click on the play button and you can play that up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. So don't forget that, 3 p.m. Eastern that should change over to uh, to the show that he'll have today. On the right side, <clears throat> excuse me, is where we are. Um, you can click on the play button. It will look a little different than what I'm showing the audience now. Again, browser issue. I don't know what, what's going on with that, but uh, click on the play button. 
blow it up on whatever device you've got. And then look in the bottom right-hand corner, there is a Rumble icon. Join us in the chat on Rumble. We've got a few friends over there as well, and we appreciate you guys uh, being in. Um, and then we are streaming live to Rumble. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel over there. Also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there, DLive.TV at the Sons of Liberty. Number of Facebook pages, wherever we can get it out there, um, that uh, also carry us, uh, that, that bear my name. And then there's uh, Twitch.TV at Real Tim Brown, and then Twitter at the Real Tim Brown 2. Leave off the end and add a two there, and we're streaming on that. And as we get other pl platforms that we can do, we'll add those on there as well. Um, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. All you got to do is put your email in there. You get those once a day. They go up between 7 and 8 Eastern. And then if you want the ministry email, you want to know what's going on in the ministry, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, and you can sign up for that right on the front page there. Okay, um, And that goes out once a week, usually on Saturdays. And then finally, if you agree with our message, you'd like to help keep us out there doing what we're doing, there's a donate page at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And uh, guys, we really do appreciate what you have uh, and how you support us and pray for us and continually come in and listen or watch the show or whatever it is, uh, however you uh, pick us up and, and things. We appreciate that very much. We really do. There is um, <clears throat> several things of, of, I guess, worthy of news. Um, I'm just going to play one little quick video. This is from a lady by the name of Jane Goodall. She is at the World Economic Forum. This is being, this is kind of going around. It's quote unquote unearthed, if you will. This is only from 2020. Um, she's an animal rights activist. And I want you to listen to the subtlety of her depopulation call. Okay. It's only about 15 seconds. And I know we're pulling it out of a bigger context. I get it. But listen to the subtlety of what she's saying here. Here she is. We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. Mm. 500. You know, if we wouldn't have the problems we have today, if the world's population was what it was 500 years ago. Well, what exactly is that? Well, I put this in here. I'll have the video in the archive later this morning. But uh, I, I pulled from somebody who had, who had written on this and just kind of put that as part of the description here. Um, when she says all these things, you know, we didn't have this problem when the population was what it was 500 years ago. Well, let's see. Back in 1500, the population was just under 500 million. Just under 500 million. Now that coincides, does it not, with what the Georgia Guidestones used to read? Isn't that right? Isn't that, isn't that what it was? She would support, it appears, from what she's what she's advocating here. If we if we just the real solution here is to get rid of all these people. Now I don't, I'm gonna tell you, I don't know if these people have actually thought this through. When you Get rid of so many people. Who's going to be doing the things that allow for you to have these nice clothes you wear and uh, these planes that you fly on and these cars that you drive and the food that you... Who's going to be doing all that? I guess they're going to have robots everywhere. I, I don't see that happening. I just, I just don't see it. But in any case, 
Here she is. And it's not surprising she's at the World Economic Forum. These people think like a bunch of Nazis like this. And so that's part of what goes on. Uh, nevertheless, there it is. Um, okay, so I want to I bring up an issue of treason. And let's go through and see what we're talking about. Uh, we're going to go to the Constitution. We're going to go to Webster's 1828. We're going to go to the Bible uh, and give examples. And then we're going to look at, well, what, what are we seeing here today? Uh, so let's start off with this. Let's let's define our terms, and let's go to Noel Webster and see what he has to say. Webster defined treason this way. Treason is the highest crime of, of a civil nature of which a man can be guilty. Its sig signification is different in different countries. In general, it is the offense of attempting to overthrow the government of the state to which the offender owes allegiance or of betraying the state into the hands of a foreign power. In monarchies, the killing of a king or an attempt to take his life is treason in England. To imagine or compass the death of the king or of the prince or of the queen consort or of the heir apparent of the crown is high treason, as are many other offenses created by statute. In the United States, treason is confined to the actual levying of war against the United States, or in adhere or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Okay. Now he does go on and he speaks about treason in Great Britain is of two kinds: high treason and petite treason. Treason. High treason is a crime that immediately affects the king or state, such as the offenses just enumerated. Pettit, I guess it's Pettit, Pettit, it doesn't have any on there. So Pettit treason involves a breach of fidelity, but affects individuals. Thus for a wife to kill her husband, a servant, his master or Lord, or an ecclesiastic, his Lord or ordinary is Pettit treason. But in the United States, this crime is unknown. The killing in the latter cases being murder only. Okay. So here's what, here's what they, here's, here's how they're, they're defining here for us in the United States. Treason is confined to two things, levying war against the United States. Now, let's be clear. When I talk about dissolving D.C., I'm referencing the law itself, Declaration of Independence. That is a part of our law, and I know some people say it's not. Yes, it is. It's codified in the law as well. Thomas Jefferson said that's the right of the people to dissolve that government, not to overthrow it, to dissolve it in order that they might reestablish justice. Why? Because men become corrupt. Pretty simple. Pretty simple to understand. So I've never called for the overthrow. I've called for the dissolution of D.C. Big difference. Huge difference. Never taken up arms against them. Okay? Then he says, adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Now, where exactly do we find this? Well, let's go to the Constitution. This is Article 3, Section 3, Clause 1. Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. This is exactly what Noah Webster wrote here in his definition in Webster's 1828. And then it says, no person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses. Now, where does that come from? Yep, That comes right from the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments. The matter is confirmed by the mouth of two or three witnesses. 
Okay, so they the the person shall not be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act. In other words, you can't have them coming in and just you know just making all kinds of accusations. They have to define the act. They have to say, "I heard it, I saw it, whatever the case may be," or on confession in open court. In other words, the person confesses to it. And then this is something I've not really understood either especially in our day, when somebody confesses to a crime and we go through the charade of a trial, why are we even going through the trial? If they're going to confess to it under oath, why do we waste time going the rest of the matter? Why don't we just immediately pass sentence? They've, they're confessing to it. I still hadn't figured that out. Anyway, there's some things here, and we may read some of the, the comments here in just a moment about that. So let's look at a couple of things that... I believe are treasonous. When you now stop and think of how would you levy war against the United States? Well, you could do that in a number of ways. You can do that by um, obviously sedition. You can do that through actually taking up arms, right? That that could be a way to levy war. You could be conspiring with America's enemies and working with them, that they would facilitate an attack, war, undermining, whatever the case may be. You can do all of that. But who is, we keep going back to this, who is the United States? Is it not the people? Is it not you and I? Hmm. Stop and think about that. It is. This is not an issue of... Just something with that deals with DC. This is something that deals with you and me. This is treason against you and me. It is an attack on us. It is an attack on our liberties. And it's an attack on the law. So let me give you a couple of examples here recently that I believe are attacks on our liberty. They are treasonous towards us. Now, I could sit here and I can go through the the issue with um, uh, the election fraud over the past, I don't know how many election cycles, a bunch of them, that's going on. Who's been involved in that? Well, the guilty parties obviously have been involved in it. The Mockingbird media has been involved in it. They're involved in it now. They're telling us we didn't see some of the video that we saw. They're telling us we didn't hear some of the eyewitness testimony all across the, the country. By the way, from both of the political parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, poll watchers who saw and who testified. They're saying, no, 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 those people were wrong. There's no evidence of that. What, what does the Bible say? What did we just read even about treason? The mouth of two witnesses? We've had more than that. We've seen this. We've seen it laid out. So here's the latest, and we put this out yesterday. January 6th committee seals all important videos and documents for 50 years. Yeah, no kidding. Here it is, right here. The report is, <laughs> well, the first question we have to ask ourselves is this. Why would you seal documents on January 6th? Why would you do that? Look, people went up there rightly under the First Amendment 
to make a protest. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nobody was carrying guns. They, they weren't up there to overthrow the government as they've been, as we've been told. They were up there because they saw treason. I don't know any other way to say it being pushed through. It was a fraud. It was a cheat of the electorate. And they wanted to voice that to those who were fixing to certify that election and say, wait a minute, guys, there's plenty of evidence that you need to look at instead of rushing through to get your boy in the office. And of course, many of them were snookered into going into the House building and to the Congress and for the most part of what I saw, those people weren't there tearing up stuff and they weren't uh, assaulting other people and stuff. Now, there were a couple of instances where we saw video and we clearly know none of those people were arrested. We saw the video of it. The lady shouting to the window orders to these Antifa looking guys who are in there destroying computers and desks and stuff like that. But the large majority of people were just walking through looking at what should be their House of Representatives, wasn't it? Their Capitol building. That is the people's building. And they were led in by those in authority, right? Capitol Hill police. They were led in by them. They were taking selfies with them. They were smiling. There was no duress. They let them in. So here's what we read. The committee, which was entirely one-sided against former President Donald Trump after Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Again, I think a lot of this is WWE, but they're taking out political prisoners where they are. And again, I, I'm like what Bradley has said uh, so often, and that is, why has Donald Trump not been arrested? All the, the supporters from January 6th, many of them arrested, what, a year and a half, two years ago? Still in jail. Some of them not even charged. That, that is not how we're supposed to be operating. And yet, that's what's going on. So anyway, this committee took the unprecedented step of blocking minority party nominees, followed the equally problematic practice of Representative Adam Schiff of California in conducting his impeachment investigation in Trump in a restricted room of the House Intelligence Committee, thereby controlling the flow of information. Here is, um, here's the report. This is from Stephen Ale, Billings Report. And here's what he writes. Nancy Pelosi and her illegitimate J6 committee attempt to hide all of the evidence that proves they're liars for 30 and 50 years. I, ask yourself this. Why is there a need to hide this from the American people? If it's so cut and dry, what happened? If, if their words are to be believed, you would think they would want all of the evidence out there to show we're telling you the truth. Here it is. Not just take our word for it, and by the way, we're going to sweep this under the rug over here and put a lock and key on it so that you can't look at it yourself and come to your own conclusion. This smacks of, let's lock up uh, the, the documents and everything and the archives on the JFK assassination, which we still have documents that haven't been released. 
We still have documents on 9-11. Oh, national security. Yeah, anything that wants to cover for the guilty is called national security. It should be called traitor's security because that's the only people it's really guarding. Really, that's... I cannot think... When you have either of these kinds of issues, why are, why are the people not told? Why are they kept in the dark? Why are they forced to take what information they do have and formulate a theory as to what they believe took place? You can call it a conspiracy theory if you want, but the fact of the matter is that's no different than how police do. Policemen go to a crime scene, they see the evidence, they look at it, they start formulating a theory of how they think it took place and who did it. Then they may determine whether or not there's more than one person who was involved. All those are theories until they can actually come and prove it. Isn't that what the people do with the information that we have? Yes, it is. That is not irrational. That is not something that should be put down. That is what any logical person starts to do. So here we have it. They're going to do this for 30 to 50 years. New house rules could make all materials. This is again from Stephen Hill. New house rules could make all materials available immediately. The Democrats on the committee released everything that they think will harm President Trump, but they sent all exculpatory evidence, which is a lot of what the feds do. I mean, the, the Brady violations by the federal government, uh, especially, and I'll guarantee you it's going on with the, 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 political prisoners from January 6th. I'll guarantee it's going on. Judges are telling them you can't admit that exculpatory evidence or the feds just aren't even, you know, attempting to present it. The Democrats on the committee released everything they think. Okay, so I read that part there. Uh, but they sent all exculpatory evidence to the National Archives in order to save face. This I don't get. That's what he says. I don't get it either, except they're trying to cover for themselves. And we already have some texts and other things like that. Uh, we, we saw the stuff with Ray Epps earlier. We've seen this with Nancy Pelosi. Same stuff. If you had, uh, I'm not even going to do that either. That's just an ad hon there. The FBI, DOJ, Capitol Police, and other federal agencies had dozens of operatives working the crowd on January 6th. They did. They sure did. The police launched an attack on Trump supporters, killing four of them and nearly killing more. Tucker Carlson revealed and explained to his audience that asking questions about what really happened on January 6th has earned him and others to be labeled conspiracy theorists and unpatriotic by propagandists in the media. As it turns out, we were right to ask those questions, and tonight we'll show you why. Uh, he explained, Mark Ibrahim is a 32-year-old Army veteran who served in Iraq. On January 6th of this year, he was a federal agent. He worked for the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA. Ibrahim says he went to the Capitol that day because he was invited by an FBI informant, a man he had known in Iraq. We confirm that this is true. Carlson explained that he reached out to Ibrahim's FBI informant friend and that while he denies he encouraged anyone to break the law, he did confirm Ibrahim's story. And then, of course, we had the report the other day, but this is part of it here, too. This is from Yahoo, and Yahoo uh, reported House Speaker Nancy Pelosi already named the House Committee of House Administration the custodian of the records. Under current House rules, the committee is obligated to hand over the official records to the House clerk who transmits them to the National Archives. The rules also prevent the National Archives from releasing committee records 
for at least 30 years. 30 years. Sensitive records, such as those from a major investigation, can be held up to 50 years before being made public. And I'll guarantee you, well, Pelosi won't be around in 30 or 50 years, but I can tell you this, any of the younger crowd that's going to be there, they're going to seek to make sure that we they extend that another 10, 20, 30, 50 years. Just like they've done with the JFK stuff. Or they'll leak little bits that's not incriminating to them. And hold on to the other. Although the House Committee investigating the insurrection has released a trove of transcripts and underlying information backing up its report, the vast majority of raw information the panel collected is slated to be sent to the National Archives where it could be locked away up to 50 years. You are children and you're not privy to the information that we have because we are your mama and daddy and we will say so. Now, there's a quote. Many of you are familiar with this. This is um, from Marcus Cicero. And um, I, think it's, I think it's very applicable in, uh, in, in what we're talking about here. This is what Cicero said. A nation can survive its fools and even the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. Listen, but it cannot survive treason from within. How many of you believe there's treason that's going on in these United States, both at the federal level and at the state level in, in many states? You can't survive that. And that's not just him. We'll, we'll look at some of the things of what Scripture has to say here in just a minute. An enemy at the gates is less formidable, for he is known and carries his banner openly. But the traitor moves amongst those within the gate freely, his sly whispers rustling through all the alleys, heard in the very halls of government itself. Again, why do you think we, we point so much to law? Why do you think we point so much to um, bringing justice? Because every breaking of the moral law of God. I'm not talking about these whimsical, um, subjective laws of man. I'm not talking about that stuff. Every one of those is treason against the king of heaven. That's first and foremost. The second table of the law deals with your treason, your hatred, or lack of love for your brother, for your neighbor. And what did Jesus say? What's the greatest commandment? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands, he's, he's basically taking four commands in the, in the front of the table of the law and the other six in the back of the table of the law. And he's saying, I'm, com I'm combining them to say, this is how you love God. This is how you love man. On these two things hang all the law and the prophets. Th this, is what, this is what it is. If you want to know whether you're loving somebody, look to the law and see whether or not you're fulfilling that. Because fulfilling of the law, a law is love. It is a demonstration of that. Tim, are you saying that people are saved because they keep the law? Did I say that? No. I said it is a demonstration of love. Don't tell me that you love me and then you're running around talking behind my back. 
don't tell me that you love me and you're a one who covets my stuff. Don't tell me that you love me and then you try to commit adultery with my wife. Don't tell me that you love me and then you steal from me. Don't tell me you love me and then you try to kill me. Do you see what I'm getting at? And now we're so bent and warped in our thinking as a people that we actually have something called hate crimes. How stupid is that? Really, how stupid is that? Can anybody name one crime that's ever been committed out of love? Anybody? Yeah, you can't because every crime against another person is done out of hate, not out of love. Okay? And what you're seeing going on here with the January 6th stuff, this stuff right here is treason against the people. Do we not have a right to know what is what's, what that committee saw and what they read? I think we do. And the reason they're hiding, hiding the things that they're hiding is to protect the guilty. Is to protect the guilty. Here's another story. This is this one I got last week. Um, ICE can't locate records of 378,000 detainees. <laughs> not 378, not 78, not 38, not 37. Nearly 400,000 detainees. Now, this story comes from the Epoch Times, Mark Tapscott, here's what he writes. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is an illegal... Look, I was on uh, Dr. Lee Merritt's show last night. I think we're going to probably have to have another one um, and because we had a little technical issue right at the first there. But uh, it, was, it was great to be on with her. And one of the things we talked about was unconstitutional agencies and such because... But we were talking about how can the people take, you know, everybody says they want to take back their country. They want to take back their freedom. They want justice. They want this, that, and the other. And, and the way they, they scheme to do it, the mo most of them, is through voting a particular party, by the way. And they think that's, that's the way they're going to do it. Listen to what they say. We need a red wave. You've got to get out and vote. Blah, 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 blah. It's never, hey, you guys out there, Constitution says, you're the government, you're the law enforcer. You are, you people, you listening to me, you men, and me. We're the solution to the problem. No politician's ever going to tell you that. Not and mean it. They won't be elected because I, I got to tell you, as I told Dr. Lee last night, I said, I think there are some people who long to be governed. What's their reaction if you say, we need to dissolve D.C., let's decentralize down as low as we can go, let's learn to self-govern, and let's live like that. And watch their reaction. Well, what are we going to do about this? Well, what are we going to do about that? Well, what, what, you know, what are we going to do with all this? All the government's doing all this stuff. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That is the mentality of people who love their servitude. They love it. They can tell you they want to be free. They think they're free, but they're not. And all this, but that's their response. That's their response. The, the individuals who want, they want, they want to be part of the solution. They may not like what they have to do to be a part of that solution. They may not enjoy it, but they're willing to do it because they want to see the fruit of it. They want to see the results that come from that.
So here we are. ICE, an unconstitutional agency, shouldn't surprise us that they can't locate almost 400,000 detainee records. So here's what they say. Here's what uh, the report is. These officials are unable to locate any records of illegal immigrants, illegal ones, taken into custody, placed in a federal program to, quote unquote, ensure non-detained, non-citizen compliance with release conditions, court hearings, and final orders of removal. Now, how are you to do that? How are you to do that if you can't even find the records? How are you to do that if you don't even know where they go once you, you know, let them out into wherever you're letting? And we've seen them. We've seen them released onto the streets down there in Texas. We've seen governors take them and ship them off to another state as though that fixes the problem. Of course, they get political brownie points because they're the the their their followers, the idolaters of these men. And they are idolaters because they can't seem to find anything wrong with them. If you point out clear problems in their character or their history or any of this stuff, everybody goes, oh, you're just you're looking for perfection. You're looking for a pastor in chief. We've already dealt with that. What you're saying is we don't want men of character. We don't want good and godly and moral men in office. What we want is the lesser of two evils. And people say it. They just it comes out of their mouth. So why should we be, be surprised at this? Okay, so here's the quote. Um, this comes from the Department of Homeland Security, and they're speaking to the Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse, or track at Syracuse University in a December 22nd letter. Here's what they wrote. ICE has conducted a search of the ICE enforcement and removal operations for records responsive to your request, and no records responsive to your request were found. So, so they put forth a freedom of information request here, and ICE is saying, we don't have those kind of records. Hmm. The report goes on, the ICE letter cautioned that the failure to locate records sought by track isn't evidence that the documents do or don't exist. The inability of ICE to locate the requested records was described by track in December 23rd statement as a very troubling development. A very troubling development. You can't find almost 400,000 documents that were requested. My goodness. And they list this out. And this isn't the only time this happens. Um, the guy over there at Judicial Watch um, used to really, I probably need to go over there and look at some more stuff too, but I used to go over there basically every week and look and see what that guy was doing because those guys would file the FOIA request, the Freedom of Information Act request, and they'd sit there and wait the 90 days or 120 days or however many days they have to turn this stuff out. Not one government agency that's not even outlined in the U.S. Constitution would provide the things, the, 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 the documents that were requested. And guess what they had to do? And each and every time, they had to go sue them in court, which costs money and, and time. They had to go sue them and then they got their act together and got them the documents. Now, why does it take that? Because they're not interested in releasing any of this stuff. They're really not interested. They have to be forced to do it, to do the job that they're allegedly there to do. And they can't keep up with the stuff. They can't keep up with it. This one came out yesterday. No, a couple of days ago. Two, 
two days. What day are we on? January the 5th. <laughs> I don't even know what, what the date is. This 2023 is kind of messing with me too with my fingers because I'm so used to doing 2022. Now I got to hit that three in there somehow. This one came out. General Mark Mealy hid new codes from Trump. Now I'm, I'm trying to understand how that works. I'm really trying to understand how that works. Anyway, we're going to read some of that here in a second. This comes from uh, the Gateway Pundit. He held secret calls with Chinese defense officials. If that's not if that is not treason, I don't know what is. I I just I don't know what is. That is so clearly treason. Why this guy's little neck hasn't been stretched is beyond me. He then surrendered to Taliban and armed them with $80 billion in U.S. weapons. That's right. You're, you, you paid for it. You and I paid for it. According to the and this comes from um, um, a book here, the book Peril, written by Bob Woodward. He's the guy, you know, out of the Watergate stuff. General Mark Mealy, um, the Joint Chiefs Chairman, told China in a secret phone call that he would give advance warning if the U.S. was ever going was ever going to attack. Hmm. Quote, in a pair of secret phone calls, October the 20th and January the 8th, General Mealy, Mark A. Mealy, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, assured his Chinese counterpart, General Li Zuncheng. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce some of the, the pronunciation here of the PLA that the U.S. would not strike, according to the new book written by Washington Post Associate Editor Bob Woodward and National Political Editor Robert Costa. Now there's those guys. On January the 8th, 2021, the same Mealy reported spoke, reportedly spoke to China in a secret phone call. CNN ran a story claiming Pelosi had gotten assurances from Mealy there were safeguards in place in the event President Trump wanted to launch a nuclear weapon. I did, I just kind of chuckle here. Um, it wasn't wasn't it Joe Biden? Wasn't he the one who talked about gun owners? Uh, you're gonna need one guns to fight a come fight a government with nukes. Wasn't it Eric Swalwell? That traitor. But wasn't it him who thought that? His political opponents, who are fellow countrymen, should be nuked. Wasn't that? It, I didn't hear Nancy Pelosi open her mouth about that. Huh. According to Fox News 15, people were present when Mealy called China on teleconference in October 2020, which was coordinated with then Defense Secretary Mark Esper's office. Trump eventually fired Esper. And Milley, uh, Milley uh, released a statement through a spokesman that confirmed the reporting in the book Peril by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa that stated Milley had two conversations with his counterpart in the Chinese military that undermined President Trump. So he confirmed it in a statement. And and then where and where it were the people? I'm I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I, I'm really at a loss for words. How can a man 
who is heading up the Joint Chiefs here, confirm that he is basically aiding a foreign enemy by giving them information of whether or not we will or won't attack. How does a man like that continue to breathe this air? Based upon the definition that we gave out of the Constitution and out of Webster's 1828, which would be the words that are used there, how does he continue to breathe air? I, I want to know. I wish I had a phone line. Maybe some of you guys would call in. and uh, You're probably just as baffled as I am. How a guy can confirm I have these conversations and, and there's no... Uh, there's no response to that. How does that work? And then you have others who are doing these things too. By the way, you can uh, you can take a look at this, some of this. This is from Bob Costa, and when one Costa, the one that that Trump uh, took his little uh, his little press pass away, and because a Trump appointed judge said you can't do that, Mister President. On what authority did that judge rule? And Trump said, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to give it back to Bob. Really? I'll tell you what. If everybody's entitled to have a Washington, D.C. press pass, where's ours? Not that I want one. But where's ours? Where's everybody else's? If it's some kind of fundamental right, but it's not, it's WWE. It's staged. All of that carries on like that. So let's ask the question here. Come back over here. Let's ask the question. Well, what does the Bible talk about some of these things? Well, we read all through Scripture in the Old Testament. We see how the people had become traitors against their God. That's what they had become. Now, what what G, what uh, the Lord referenced them as was adulteresses. They had forsaken the covenant. Remember Abraham. Moses came down and he had the book of the law. And he took hyssop and he took the blood. And what did he do? He, he read the law to the people and they gave an amen to it. The blessings and the cursings, the commands of God. And what did he do? He took that hyssop, dipped it in the blood. He sprinkled it on the book. And then he sprinkled it on the people. It was showing this covenant was a real covenant with them. And it was a life or death covenant. Do this and you'll live. Do this and you won't. It'll be really bad for you. Okay? So he laid all those things out. There was a covenant. And God was intent on keeping his end of the deal. And did so even when the people didn't keep their side. Because they broke it from the moment they made it. So... Let's take a look at one passage this given. And you guys know I like to be in the context, so we're going to read a large section of this out of Deuteronomy 13. And here's what we see. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, not that it doesn't come to pass, but it comes to pass, Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods. Let's not follow Yahweh. Let's not follow the one who brought us out of uh, the house of Egypt, out of the land of bondage. Let's not follow after him. Let's follow after another god or other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. 
What is that? That is treason against their king, the Lord God himself. Because this person is seeking to usurp the true king and put a false one in his place. Okay? Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye, look at that, whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Why do false prophets come into our midst? And they come into our midst today just like they did in Israel. There is a testing. Oh, Jim Acosta, I'm sorry. I, I can't follow the chat. Thank you for that, Mr. Wordsworth. Jim Acosta, my, my bad, Bob Costa. They kind of sound alike, but thank you for that correction. Um, why is that? He's testing to see, he's proving you, if you will. He's proving whether you're one of his or whether you're one of the goats. You're going to follow his voice. You're going to follow the false prophet who's going to lead you after God you have not known. And he's going to make you a traitor. He's a traitor, and he's going to influence you to be a traitor. Okay? He then says, he goes on in verse 4, You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, shall be put to death. The, the penalty... The just penalty for treason of this nature was you didn't get to breathe. You were put to death. By the way, it worked for the same prophet who would come in and say something was going to happen, and it didn't come to pass. Same thing. You are to stone him with stones until dead. You shall not, your eyes shall not pity him. Our, look, the people who came before us used to understand this. While they may not have used rocks, they used rope, they used guns, whatever the case may be, they understood it. In fact, there is a film, I think I've told you guys about it before, it's called Gods and Generals. It was dealing with um, the War of Northern Aggression. You get a lot of Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee in there. You get, I forget the guy's name, Jane, I forget the guy's name who was in there. Uh, Stephen Lang, I think, was the guy who played Stonewall. Anyway, you get this scene in there. Uh, Stonewall Jackson was considered a man of high moral character, a godly man, uh, so much that he wouldn't even write a letter if he thought it was going to be, he wouldn't mail the letter if he thought it was going to be carried on the Sabbath. He, he wouldn't do it. He would just refrain and write the day after or something. So in the, one of the scenes, there are three young men who are deserters. And the guy walks into the room with um, Stonewall Jackson in the, in, in the film, and he says, we've, we've got some among the, the Stonewall Brigade who are deserters. And you can tell, at least in the portrayal here, it really bothers Stonewall that that's happened. Why? Because, in essence, that's a form of treason. It is a death penalty for them. And they caught these guys. And both of them are very somber about it. And the man says, what do we do? And he looked at him and he says, you know, let me explain what went on here. When these guys deserted, they didn't just desert us. They deserted the women that we're protecting. They deserted the children that they protect. It is not some kind of innocent little crime or 
white lie or however you want to form it to justify it. That's not what it is. It is a forsaking of those who are depending upon them. And then he looked at that young man and he says, duty is ours. The consequences are God's. Go and do your duty. And they went out, they blindfolded the men, and they shot him dead. Nobody rejoiced over it. it. Wasn't a cause for celebration. It was a serious matter that they were dealing with. And the same thing happens here. Moses goes on, verse 5, And that prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death, but he has spoken, because he has spoken, to turn you away from the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in, so shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. Hmm. Verse 6. If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, Neither shall thine eye pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people. And thou shalt stone him with stones that he die, because he has sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God. He's committed treason. That's what that's what's going on here. And he goes on in verse 11 and he says and all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness as this among you. And there, there's more to it in here. There, there's more to it in here. But we can go through several places within scripture and we can see where the treason occurred. We could go to Judas, most most famous one ever, the one who betrayed the Christ. Lived, ate, slept, walked, listened to his teaching with Christ three and a half years. Got 30 pieces of silver. Do you know what the do you know what 30 pieces of silver would have bought you in those days, according to scripture? A gourd servant. In other words, one he'd been gored by an ox, he was no longer really useful. For his work. 30 pieces of silver. That's all Judas thought the Son of God was worth. 30 pieces of silver. Sold him out. For the money. And it was treason. In fact, it was such a serious treason that what did Jesus say? Jesus said it would have been better for that man not to have even been born. Um, so yeah, we got a little problem here. So let's see. Doink. All right, there you go. Uh, we'll deal with that guy. Um, it was a serious issue. How many of you guys remember David's son? Remember how he played to the people 
and he got all their support. And then he turned on David and David caught word of it. And his, his advisor says, we got to get you out of the city. And they had to flee the city while his son took over. That's treason too. Right there in the midst of the family. And you know what? David loved his son like any father would. And he didn't want anything to happen to him. He says, don't let anything happen to the young man. But if you remember the story, he's riding away on his horse. He's got long hair that he well, he would cut every so often, and it weighed a ton of, you know, weighed a lot. And when the guy found him, he ran him through. He killed him. And David was broken over it, but that was treason too. How in the world, with what God has taught us, what we have in our Constitution, do we allow people like General Mark Mealy to breathe air? How do we continue to allow agencies that aren't defined in our Constitution to do things, and yet they can't even keep up with what they're doing? They can't even do their the job they're allegedly there to do. How do we uh, tolerate these people like Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and the rest of the gang who are doing this stuff to hide things from the American people. How do we tolerate this kind of stuff? Because we've been taught to do it and we feel comfortable enough with just being upset, just sending out a meme, just typing a response. And what is the action that we have seen throughout history, whether it is from those who've come before us or whether we see it in the scripture, those who came before us in there. It was to act on it. It was to deal with the traitors in our midst because we can't survive. Cicero is right. We can't survive. We can deal with some fools. Fools can be corrected. Ignorant people can be made to learn. But a traitor... You've, you've got to deal with the traitors in your midst. We've got to deal with them. And um, there are ways to deal with them. We've got them constitutionally. That's not being done. Tacticalcivics.com. I recommend that to people. Learn your civic duty. Let's start bringing the justice at home. Let's start taking up the rights that we have as men to bring the justice, to indict, and then to enforce it the way the Constitution says. And I believe even the principles of what Scripture gives us as men as to what we're doing, even what we see here in Deuteronomy 13. And I could go through a number of passages on treason and how to deal with that, but we're out of time. So, guys, have a great day. Tomorrow, I'm going to do my best. We're going to go through a little bit of history. Um, there'll be some theology. Theology is not a bad word. It's the study of God. And uh, we'll talk about that in the, mor in the morning, Lord willing. Bradley, be with you at 3. Catch it at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Talk to you then. See you.